The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Berry. Joining me as always, Grace Weir. We are coming to you Tuesday afternoon, and we are going to discuss what Lane Kiffin said at SEC Media Days. Um, I don't know about you, Grayson. Real quick, I, I, I don't think – I mean, what is it? Is it just there's just the – market is just oversaturated with content now or have things completely changed i remember sec media days being a much bigger deal being must see tv a lot more than it is now it's not as big of a deal at least to me i don't know you might be glued in 24 7 but um it's not as you know the circus as much of a circus as it was back in the day or am i am i off there no, I'm I'm completely in agreement with you. I am straddling the line here because I am dialed in to SEC media days all day, every day. I've watched pretty much every minute of the coverage, pretty much every speech. But with that being said, I, I think it's a matter of in today's day and age, all of these conversations are are being had already. We already know what Lane Kiffin is going to get up there and say. We already know what Mike Leach is going to get up there and say, we already know what Shane Beamer is going to say. It's all the same kind of regurgitated stuff. And then mm-hmm. when it comes to all the juicy stuff, when it, like, I mean, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher, as of this recording, have yet to get on stage. So it could get spicy, but all that beef is played out already. That's all in the past. They don't want to talk about it. Nick Saban says he has no problem with Jimbo oh, Fisher. I'm- I'm I'm like 99.9% sure that Greg Sankey told him to just cut the shit. Like, no, hey, for sure. Like, y'all stop. Just go and talk about your team and leave it at that. Exactly. And so then it just, it doesn't, 
it doesn't make for great television when everyone is supposed to be on their best behavior. And I mean, sure, Mike Leach getting up there this uh, this morning and he was giving his Netflix recommendations and Lane talked about, you know, what, why what we still his, wear ties. What were his recommendations? Um, well, he said he hadn't watched Netflix in a while. So he had thrown out, it was funny because he did it last last year and then whatever. He okay, said, I, I see it. I'm up to date on Better Call Saul and Yellowstone, halfway through Stranger Things. If you guys have any good recs, I could use them. Yeah, he said he also recommended uh, Operation Odessa. Um, there was one huh. about a like a submarine. I don't know, but he, he's, I, I, that, that's what I was gonna. Say. I feel like he's a uh, he's a guy that watches like super high def nature shows that have no narrator. Yeah, like I feel like like he would want to watch like a meerkat uh, like attack larva or something like he yeah he submarine sounds perfect and then like terminal list and hidden gem i'm not familiar with those shows either but i mean it's all been very entertaining fantastic show except for the fact that (laughs) the intro is just coming back to television yeah they're just they're just they're just not saying anything super interesting I, i think and, and tell me if you disagree. I think they're a lot more guarded with what they say now. Yep. Because everything is so polarizing about NIL, about how that's changed the entire landscape of recruiting. But I will say, I'd be interested to know if Greg Sankey <laughs> may have called Lane Kiffin or whatever, or maybe at this point, he's just like, that's just Lane. He's just, whatever I say is not going to change how he acts. He did not hold back when talking about NIL. Um, the one that got all the pub yesterday, we record this on Tuesday afternoon. He was at the podium on Monday. Um, the quote that got everybody in a tizzy, um, at least one of them, I, I do want to ask you about another one that I thought was interesting um, for obvious reasons. But the quote that everyone was buzzing about on Monday was about NIL when somebody asked him on his thoughts on that. He said, quote, you legalize cheating to get ready for the people that have the most money to get the best players. And there you have it. Now we, we, we can, we can fire back and forth here. I think the wording was off. The way he worded it was bad in my opinion, because look, the people that have the most money already get the best players. So nothing has really changed. It's just way more out there in your face. There's no more bagman drops. There's no more, um, you, you know, putting an envelope full of $100 bills in the glove box of a Camaro in, you know, um, Dothan, Alabama. They're not doing that anymore. Um, now it's, hey, you know, we, we're getting this guy because he is coming to you, brought to you by, you know, two rivers forward or whatever. Um, I think the, the legalized cheating term that he used, and we'll get to uh, a, uh, a talking head that is a, a huge deal in college sports in the second segment who sounded off on what Kiff had said. But I don't – I mean, I get what he's saying, but I also think, like, this has already been going on. Yeah, and I do think that was kind of his point, and I, I think you're right in that, he, he maybe worded it differently 
when you read it on paper, it, it reads a lot differently than perhaps it read in his mind because he, I get what he's saying. He's saying in the past, all of this paying player stuff, paying recruits, bag drops, etc., all of that was cheating. Now it's legal. So you're legalizing what used to be cheating. But then, right, I'm, I'm with you. And he says, so get ready for the people that have the most money to get players. That was already the case. So maybe it could have been better said, you legalize cheating, get ready for the people to have the most money to get players on a more elevated scale than it was in the past or something like that. But obviously he can't come out and say that. And then on top of that, like you said, and I, I agree with you, I think it was just, I think he phrased his message differently than maybe, I mean, I, I won't speak on his behalf. Maybe that's exactly what he wanted to say. Yeah. But I, I think his point was made. I just think the way that he said it, made it a little bit more confusing because I do think you're right. I mean, for him to say, so get I, ready for, yeah, rather than this has already been happening, now it's just elevated, is where the kind of semantics and difference lies. Well, how about this? So I, I just thought this in real time as you were speaking there. Um, coaches talk through the media to their players <clears throat> all the time. Right whether it's after practice, after a game, whatever. I think in this sense, could Lane Kiffin potentially be talking to his booster network, the, yeah. the, the people that, you know, were at one time doing the bag drops and were at one time pooling money together to get the big-time recruits. That could very well be the case because, and I can't <clears throat> – I, I don't think I had it it wasn't transcribed. It was a video, but he did answer. I don't know what the question was, but he essentially answered the question that was about his tenure at Ole Miss and how he said he really likes the culture in Oxford. He likes the culture at the school, the program, the community is big on football. And then he said, you know, with, with baseball winning the national championship, you know, there's a buzz around Oxford even more so than usual as uh, people are starting to anticipate the start of the football season. So he did say that, you know, a roundabout way of him basically hinting at he could see himself being there for a while. Now, obviously, that perked a lot of ears up because people just for no rhyme or reason, every single offseason, Link Kiffin's name is going to be linked to ex-NFL opening, ex-NFL OC, or, you know, well, whenever, you know, whenever Nick Saban is going to retire, which <laughs> Nick Saban sounded off about that. Um, you know, he, he, he's going to be in the running to take over the gig in Tuscaloosa. You know, he's always going to be linked to moving on and taking the next step. And you and I both have said this on this show, and we were saying this months ago. We, I think we were saying it last year, that I have a sneaky suspicion that he likes Oxford. He likes the small town. He likes, you know, we all know Kiffin loves the limelight. He loves to sound off on Twitter and to, you know, post pictures of his shoes and his dog and, and his cars and all of that. But I think he likes the low key vibe in a small town in North Mississippi. He's in the sec. He plays in the best division in college football. So he can have all of the things that he wants. I mean, he's in the best conference. They've got 
ample amount of TV money coming in every single year. So you're always going to have that to work with. They're upgrading facilities and they hit really well in the transfer portal uh, this past class. So there are a lot of question marks around this team, but there is also a lot of potential in what they can do with Jackson Dart coming in, Mason Brooks, you've got Zach Evans, Ulysses Bentley the fourth, you've got um, Michael Trigg, Malik Heath, Jordan Watkins, um, Jalen Robinson. They've got all these names, you know, on the defensive side, you've got, uh, you know, Troy Brown, Aishim Young, Darius Tennyson. Um, there's tons of names that I'm forgetting because they signed such a big transfer portal class. But coming back to the quote, I think this is him basically sounding off in a way to say, Hey, like, I, I want to stay here. Like, if you guys want me to stay here longer, like I'm going to need a little help. Cause, cause look, I mean, if you're going to be honest with yourself as an Ole Miss fan, you can't compete day in, day out for these five and four star prospects with the Alabamas, the LSUs, the A&Ms, um, you know, Kentucky's all in on NIL right now. Um, and now that everything is all out in front of everybody, everything's technically above board now. There are some SEC West teams that are now starting to buck their head a little bit, like Arkansas. We know about the Walmart money. They got the Tyson chicken money. They've got some big boosters there. Um, I mean, Jerry Jones, for one, I don't know if he's involved at all in NIL. He could, he could not be, but he's still there. So I, I was talking to um, somebody, and they were joking about NIL, but I do think there's some credence there where they're like, oh, Miss has got to find himself a millionaire. Like they got to find somebody that's going to start helping them out. And, and and I don't think this is like taboo to talk about now because NIL is essentially, you know, legalized pay for play. So that could very well be what he was doing. And it could also just be Kiffin just being Kiffin and just saying, you know, just freestyling off the top of the dome when he's asked a question. Yeah. And after Lane got off the stage yesterday, uh, Roman Harbor and – uh, Laura Rutledge actually had the same thought um, about a potential call to action for boosters. Um, I think there's probably an element to it, but I think in reality, Kiffin's just off the cuff saying how he feels. And the first half of that quote, he says, it's like a payroll in baseball. What teams win over a long period of time? Teams that have high payrolls and can pay players a lot. I mean, look at the freaking MLB. It's almost the same. It's a great comparison. Um, that hadn't been made until, I mean, it had been made in, you know, various circles outside, but it hadn't been directly come out and said by a coach. And Kevin said that he said, I'm willing to stand up here and say what other people won't. It's like a payroll in baseball. What teams win over a long period of time, teams that have high payrolls and pay players a lot, the Yankees, the freaking Mets, the Dodgers, like, et cetera. All these teams have unless, money. Unless you're the nationals and you offer half a billion dollars to Juan Soto and he says, no, I'm good. Yeah, that's twice in what three years that a star <laughs> player has turned down four hundred plus million dollars to just, Washington. That's just so insane. Yeah, absurd. But that the makes point is sense. they all have it's a great table. comparison, yeah. right? And then Kiffin went on to say, <clears throat> and and I thought this was the most interesting element to it. And he said this indirectly. Um, actually, no, I believe he said it directly. I can't find the exact quote, but I will go ahead and and, and paraphrase after I read his direct quote. So he says, he was asked, you know, what role do you have 
in NIL or something to that extent. And he said, ideally, I would think that the coach should be part of managing NIL because that's how you'd want it done. But I don't know if it will be that way or whatever. So that's just how I would do it. That's based off of looking what happens in professional sports. There's salary caps and the coach and the general manager manage that. And then he went on to say something along the lines of what happens if a booster is going out and talking to recruits and paying recruits and signing NIL deals with recruits that a coach doesn't want. Then what happens? It puts everybody in a really awkward position because then the boosters pissed off at the coach. Kevin didn't say this, but he left it at the part of like, what happens if a booster talks to a recruit that a coach doesn't want? But then it's a great point because then the booster's pissed off that the coach doesn't want his kid. Then he looks embarrassed because then he promised to recruit something he shouldn't have promised. So now he's pissed off at the coach. The coach is pissed off at the booster. The kid's pissed off at the school and the booster and the coach. It's just not a good situation. Um, And Kiffin's solution to that is a salary cap and having a coach and a general manager. Maybe you bring back a guy like Matt Lindsay, you know, I don't know if, whatever like someone on staff already or yeah. if you bring in an outside now, guy they, they got strictly Austin for Tom- financials austin right. thomas is there now that's in a similar capacity right but then do you make him you know as the chief of staff do you have him oversee the nil side of things or do you make a whole new position and have a financial advisor there's so many questions that are left mm-hmm. unanswered and Kiffin is willing to stand up there and say things, you know, Mike Leach addressed it briefly today. He was asked, which is wild to me that a reporter, I'm actually okay with it because I think that we should be asking these types of questions kind of more often and, and that reporters should be less afraid to, um, for lack of better you know, phrase like piss people off, but somebody asked Mike Leach today, which side of the Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher beef on, are you on? Obviously Mike Leach can't answer that, but of all the guys to ask that you might get an answer from Mike Leach. So somebody took their shot. He didn't answer it directly, but he came out and said, you know, I think both guys are the perfect example of all the frustrations that we as head coach coaches have in regard to everything going on with NIL. He said, I don't think either of them, and again, I'm paraphrasing here. So if this gets back to Mississippi State fans and they, you know, getting my DMs or whatever, I'm not a direct quote, but he said something along the lines of like, we're all pissed off. This isn't just a Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban thing. And at the end of the day, he thinks that they're kind of on the same side. Um, they're both arguing for the same thing. They're just doing it poorly. You know, Nick Saban shouldn't have mentioned their names. He's come out and apologized, whatever. But then Jimbo Fisher and his loud mouth stood on his soapbox, never should have said anything. You know, I'm glad he did because it was fantastic publicity for, you know, all of the reports that had come out. And a lot of them could be traced back to my initial post back in January, but they didn't handle it well. Mike Leach 
knows that. Lane Kiffin knows that. Jimbo Fisher is might be the only person who thinks that he that such the NIL situation was handled well. Nick Fish, Nick Saban knows that he didn't handle it well. Lane Kiffin knows that neither guy handled it well. You know, Deion Sanders squashed the beef right away. There's so much tension and frustration and anger amongst these coaches because they don't have any control over what's happening. And I think that would be the biggest thing that could be changed right away. I think it's going to take a while to get like across the board, whatever it's got to go to Congress. And Greg Sankey has said that at media days this week, you know, the only way we're going to get this figured out is if we take it to Congress and someone's asked him along the lines of, what you know do you see any issues with how teams are handling nil and he said well that's not up to me because it's not it's up to the state laws and up to whatever's legal in terms of the state laws and then he said the ncaa what we've already said before is basically rendered useless in this position because they're scared of litigation against them if they try to do something so the only way to solve it is congress and that's going to take a while. But in the meantime, maybe there's some sort of, and I don't know exactly what it would be, but maybe there's some sort of rule that gives all the coaches, and now this is Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach and back-to-back days that have spoken up about this. The coaches want some sort of control here. As of right now, this is all happening around them. They can just kind of watch. And sure, you know, we saw the Texas A&M staffer say, oh, if you come play here, you know, those guys sitting back there in the suites are going to pay you a ton of money. (laughs) Yes, the coaches have some sense of what's going on, but they don't have any control over it. So I think that, to me, is the biggest takeaway from at least these first two days of, of SEC Media Days is the coaches want this to get figured out, but they understand that it probably won't and probably can't. So in the meantime, is there a way to give them some sort of control over this? So it's not just boosters running wild. It's not just collectives. You know, Texas Tech is now paying 100 different scholarship football players $25,000, which is admirable because obviously that number is not going to be competitive in recruiting battles for five-star, four-star recruits because those guys, I mean, Nico Amaleva, likely is getting $8 million. So what is $25,000? But all of this is going on and the head coaches have no say in the matter. Is there a way to start there? I don't know. I don't know what the answer it is. I don't get paid enough. I'm not important enough to figure out any of this. And I think what's crazy about that is neither are the head coaches. At this point in time, these head coaches are so unimportant in the grand scheme of NIL that they don't have any control over their own program and how it's operating in terms of that NIL budget. Um, and I think that's kind of the, the biggest takeaway for me thus far is, yeah, you know, Saban said his thing about legalized cheating. It blew up. People got upset about it, blah, 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 blah. Sure, fine. He may have misworded things. But the bottom line is these coaches need help. They want help. Brian Kelly said yesterday in his speech, or he was talking to the, the SEC network desk. He's like, 
recruiting is exhausting. He, he, he was at the SEC media days yesterday, and in between his time on the podium and his time talking to the desk at SEC Network, he had to FaceTime three recruits. That, that's exhausting. Those coaches are going to get burned out. They're going to get sick and tired of this. It's going to cause more internal issues, and we're going to see more and more coaches like Matt Luke say, you know what? This isn't worth it. I'm good. And, and I don't think that's a near future thing. I don't think that's a Lane Kiffin, a Shane Beamer, a Brian Kelly thing. But all of this extremely long-winded diatribe goes to say the first step into solving this problem, to me, after hearing these guys speak about it on stage at SEC Media Days where they have had time to come into this, they know what they're going to be asked. They know the questions that are coming for the most part. They know the general basis of what is going to be asked of them. And all of them have said, we have no control as head coaches. So how can we get those guys that control? I don't know, but I think that's a really great place to start. And if we want to circle back to the baseball payroll analogy, I mean, I do think you're going to start seeing some semblance of a parallel there. I mean, look at Ole Miss Sonny Roman Anthony was drafted 79th overall, right at the tail end of the second round. I don't know about you. I was following along on Monday night. I think that they were two picks away from being safe in Roman Anthony making it to campus. Yep. I, I truly believe that. And there were a couple teams that really liked Roman Anthony, the Red Sox being one of them. And because there were some there were some questions. I mean, he had a ridiculously good senior year. Um, hit over 500, double-digit home runs. Um, the raw power was on display all spring. Pull side, he hits to all fields, can really run, plus arm in the outfield, all that stuff. But there were still some question marks. Does it, does the bat play at the next level? Is, is he, you know, a year removed from having a lot of swing and miss? He had a great senior season, but can he do that against better competition in the minors, blah, blah, blah. The Red Sox think that he's good enough. Now, when he was drafted 79th overall, the slot value was around 800, 820K. Ended up reportedly signing for 2.5. So the Red Sox sat down, had some conversations. They, um, uh, oh, uh, Mikey Romero was who they drafted first round, 24th overall. Then they drafted Cutter Coffee an infielder, a high school guy from California, I believe, and then they drafted Roman Anthony. So that is when you're going to have to start doing some finagling and start moving money around and trying to make everyone happy. So at that slot value, 800 to 820K, I think it's it's around 800,000. He ended up getting 2.5. So they moved some money around to make sure that Roman Anthony was happy and they drafted him. And look, you don't draft a guy with a second-round compensation pick if he's not going to come. Right. You've already had those discussions. So it was very clear. I mean, right after he's drafted, Roman Anthony tweets out, you know, time to get to work. Um, yeah, I think he immediately changed his uh, Twitter bio to say Boston Red Sox were for the longest time. It said Ole Miss baseball, blah, blah, blah. I think that's kind of the where you're heading with, with football. You mentioned 
Nico Iamaleva, who's going to Tennessee, he's getting a big chunk of their NIL pool. They've got to figure out a way to, you know, if there are other recruits that want NIL money, they've got to figure out a way to make everyone happy. So I do think that using that type of example of how it's like Major League Baseball is not too far off base because I do think that the big-time programs with the big booster networks and all the NIL money are having to do that. They're having to, hey, we're going to shell out. We're pushing all this to the side. This is for all the blue chip guys, all the five-star, four-star guys can't miss or who they evaluate as can't miss. They're going to get this chunk, and then the other mid to low four-star, three-star guys are going to get this chunk. So I do think that he's on to something there. Um, so, I, I look, it, it's – I think Kiffin knows the deal. Um and if anything, he's honest and honest with himself that he knows that Ole Miss is going to have some hurdles. You know, he the, the quote was, you know, we we what did he say? We we don't try to fit into a box. We create our own box with how they're right. unique with their you know recruiting pitch, with how they can you know bring you in, play an exciting offense, play in the SEC West, um, play against the best of the best, all of that. So. It's it's interesting, and I think it's going to be fun to follow to see how they combat the Alabamas, the Georgias, the A&Ms, all those programs that are going to continue to recruit at a high level now that even more so, it's all above board. So, all right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the talking head in college athletics that I referenced earlier that had a reaction to what Lane Kiffin said about NIL, and uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta Catfish to Smash Burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish, and they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild in South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. The show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com, and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. 
Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Berry, Grayson, we're with you. All right, so yesterday after the quote about legalized cheating and how People with the most money are going to get the best players. Uh, one Jay Billis sounded off. Um, I'm pulling up the article here. Uh, obviously, Jay Billis, ESPN, college basketball analyst, played at Duke. Probably one of the better follows on Twitter um, with his young Jeezy tweets. And uh, a guy that is a – I mean, he is truly the Jon Snow gif when it comes to amateurism and making sure that the NCAA athletes are treated fairly when it comes to name, image, likeness, and all that. Uh, So Brett McMurphy of Stadium tweeted out the quote, and then uh, Jay Billis quoted it. And and look, before I read it, I I don't think he's wrong. Um, But he said, quote, sorry, but if it's legal, it isn't cheating. And what teams win over a long period in football? The biggest spenders. The only difference now, players can legally accept money rather than schools spending it all on facilities and amenities or getting you NCAA sanctions. So two levels here where Billis is basically saying, well, if it's legal, it's not cheating. Fair. That's that's true. It's not illegal if it's legal, obviously. Um, and then he mentioned, you know, you're not having to spend money on 
you know, you're, you know, beefing up your locker room, your weight room, you know, adding amenities to your stadium and, you know, putting a barbershop into your locker room or, you know, a, a, a fancy new turf practice field or whatever. Like now it is, you're just going straight to the player and offering them a compensation package. So I, I don't think that this was off base at all. I mean, I think what Jay Billis said is true. Um, I mean, it, it is an illegal because now you can do it. Um, but again, like I said, for years, Jay Billis has been a huge advocate for paying college athletes. Um, you know, he always tweets examples of programs spending, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars on facilities or stadium upgrades. And then, you know, he would end the tweet with still not enough money though. Um, so I, I think that this is not like a Jay Billis, like going after Lane Kiffin. I mean, I think he's on the same page of the players deserve to be paid and he agrees obviously, but I do think he's right where he's saying, you know, if it's legal, it's not cheating. Yeah. I mean, if it's legal, it's not cheating. That, that is correct. But he's taking, again, I, th I think it goes back to how I started this conversation. I think he's taking it too literally. I don't think Lane is literally saying that you legalized cheating. I think his point is you used to be, you used to have to keep the money side of things under wraps. You couldn't tell anybody you were paying recruits. You couldn't, you know, let anybody know. And if a recruit goes and snitches on you to the NCAA, well, you can't go and say, well, these guys did the X, Y, and Z because then you're implicating yourself. Now you can just say, yep, John Ruiz is paying X, Y, and Z player X, Y, and Z amount of money. Yep. Texas Tech's Matador Club is paying every single scholarship player and 15 um, walk-ons $25,000. You can just come out and say that. And then in turn, those players are obviously going to go do community service or whatever. Great. Like, what is that? A couple events a year, maybe they show up and package some gift bags, whatever. That's great. I mean, that's really good stuff. And that's what NIL is supposed to be. But... Jay is taken, he's just taken it too literally. I get exactly what he's saying. I think he's right because when you look at successful programs over time, the one that have the best facilities win because they can recruit better because recruits want to play for the best facilities, the ones who can pay the coaches the most money, the coaches who deserve the most money are typically the best coaches. And then in turn, those recruits want to play for the best coaches who are making the most money in the facilities that cost the most money, et cetera. Money always runs everything. And that's a probably a bigger conversation that we could, we could have about the entire world and money and the role that money plays in it. Um, um, but at the end of the day, like, I guess, I don't know. I'm so, I sit so firmly on the fence here because I see, both sides like i get what lane kiffin's saying i understand where he's coming from but at the same time what really did change other than the conversation being had publicly and now the money being inflated because texas has always been able to drop bags that were more significant than the ones that washington state can drop 
you know, Alabama has always had more money than Hawaii. And look at how many national championships Alabama has won. Look at how many national championships Hawaii has won. So while nothing has changed, I guess what Kiffin and the coaches and and anyone who is, I won't use the word against because they're not against NIL, who want to see reform, the coaches and the people who want to see reform with NIL want there to be a limit. Because with the bag men and the previous way of doing things, it was not an, it was an unregulated market, which it still is today because there wasn't, it wasn't legal. It was cheating. But by having the conversation held behind closed doors, there was some, some sense of, regulation and there was kind of a cap to how much these kids were getting paid you know there weren't any eight million dollar bag drops because that raises red flags that gets your program implicated that you know that number doesn't not come out an eight million dollar bag drop so there was kind of this indirect regulation and cap to things that there isn't anymore now that this conversation is being had in the forefront. So I think these coaches are really just asking, look, we're good with the whole paying players thing. That's kind of always been the case. Jimbo Fisher came out and said so himself before he decided to say that nobody ever has been paid in the history of Texas A&M, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, he was saying that other programs around him were paying players under the table as if his program didn't. Okay, sure, dude. These coaches know exactly what's going on. They're just asking for a little help to say, look, we want to have control. We want the programs to know what's going on. We don't want these rogue boosters going out and paying insane amounts of money without coming to us first and approving it, without coming to us first and making sure that everything is by the book, making sure that there's no way that they could be implicated because John Ruiz, while I actually have said before, and I'll say it again, I think he's doing NIL better than anyone because he's actually putting his players on a legitimate bankroll. Other schools aren't doing that in the same way. And it could lead their programs to become implicated down the road if the NCAA ever tries to crack down, which I don't think they will. I don't think they can. But these coaches are just asking for some help these commissioners are just asking for some help in making it not, not an even playing field because there's really no way of making it an even playing field, but they just want help in making it more run in the mill across the board. You know, every program is doing the same thing, but their own different way. The way that Kiffin said, you know, we build our own box. We don't think outside of the box. We build our own box. That's great. And if you want to apply that to NIL, go ahead and do that. You know, build your own box, whatever. But build that box within kind of the means of operation that are being done across the entire country. As of right now, every program is doing things differently. It's just insanity 
Nobody knows what's going on. These coaches, these commissioners, et cetera, are saying, look, we just want to make sure everything is being done the same way. And I don't think that's that big of an ask. I just don't know how you get to that point. And again, not up to me to decide, not really up to the coaches to decide, not up to the conference commissioners to decide. We probably got to get Congress involved, but Congress probably has some other stuff that they need to figure out first. So there really isn't all that much time to get anything done in the near future. And it won't, but I get what all these guys on both sides of the aisle. I get what Jay Billis is saying. I get what Lane Kippen is saying. I get what Greg Sankey is saying. I understand all of it. The question is, how do you make everybody happy? And that's, you know, the age old question since the Uh, existence of humanity, you can't. So how do you get it? The the decision makers are are already happy and they're going to continue to be happy because college football makes a ton of money for the decision makers and it makes a ton of money for the power conferences, the SECs, the Big Tens, um, the ACCs. Uh, and look, it, regardless of what conference realignment is, is doing, they're still going to make money, hand over fist, regardless. So, all right, we're going to take our final break, and then we're going to close with some hard-hitting actual recruiting talk. Um, before we close up shop here on Tuesday. So one last word from the sponsors. And then when we get back, we will talk a little recruiting before we close up. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 
Get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back here on Not Committed, coming to you Tuesday afternoon. Zach Berry, Grayson Weir. I just want to kind of do a pulse check on the 2023 class. Um, If you're not a member of the community over at OM Spirit, I highly suggest you do so. It is incredibly cheap. It is an outstanding deal. Become an active member of the community on the message board. You can read all of the premium content that we put up constantly every single day. Um, premium content that's been going up since last week. Uh, I've got a series out called Target Practice where we look at each position and the notable high school prospects that the staff is focusing on. Which is very Um, good, by the way. It's worth checking out. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, so we've gone through quarterback. We've gone through running back, receiver, offensive line, and defensive line went out today. Um. Obviously, the quarterback one was focused on Marcel Reed. They're set there. They've got their quarterback in this class. Running back, they've got two names to keep an eye out for there. And then uh, at receiver, the list got a little longer. They're focused on a uh, small group there, but um, some really high-profile guys. Offensive line, very specific-centric look at who they're looking at. They're not looking at a ton of offensive linemen. Um, with what they brought in the portal and the recent classes. Um, The one that went out today, though, defensive line, eight names to get a look at there. Um, So some good, uh, you know, recent intel from some of the national analysts at On3 and from some of the sources that we've talked to here at Home Spirit. Um, One thing I did want to touch on, uh, doing a temperature check on things going on, uh, down in Raleigh, Mississippi with Sontarian Perkins. He has not flipped to Alabama. I don't know if he's ever going to. I think there's still buzz about Alabama recruiting him incredibly hard. Um, you know, we know that Pete Golding tweeted out the elephant emoji. Could be for any number of guys. Um, they are uh, obviously recruiting at a high level right now. Um, so this isn't Uh, It could have been referring to Justice Haynes, who committed to Alabama uh, recently, the running back from Buford High School in Georgia, who's a Georgia legacy. That was a big shock there. Um, But they're still recruiting at a high high level. But Sunterian Perkins still an Ole Miss commit. Um, There was some buzz that Ole Miss had kind of turned the tide a little bit, got the momentum back there. I Look, we've – I've said it on the message board. We've said it on the show. I know Ben Garrett feels the same way, and he's very well connected inside the state of Mississippi when it comes to recruiting. I don't know if he will flip or not, but the people that I have talked to inside the state of Mississippi and the national guys still expect him to sign with Ole Miss. Um, We talked about this last week. He has not shied away from Alabama being his dream school. Look, I get it. Playing for Nick Saban, playing for that program is a huge deal for anyone. But best believe that Lane Kiffin, Derek Nix, Chris Partridge, Maurice Crum, probably everybody on that staff is still recruiting him to stay in this 2023 class. Um, Probably arguably the biggest recruit that they're after from top to bottom, regardless of position. He's a top 100 guy. He's the number four linebacker in the country. He's the top player in Mississippi. 
it's hard to go against those big time programs, especially Alabama. But um, you know, if you can, you obviously want to keep him in state. And looking at the 2023 consensus top football recruits in the state of Mississippi right now, things are looking pretty good for uh, the top two guys. Perkins is obviously already committed. Aiden Williams, the number two guy in the state, recently coming off the uh, Under Armour Future 50 event down in Florida, where he just went off. I mean, just turned heads. Had a big, big, big weekend down there. Um, Ole Miss is still in a good spot there. Uh, they're still battling against Tennessee. South Carolina's lingering. Georgia's lingering, but I still think Ole Miss is in the driver's seat there. Um, talked about Jamarius Brown in the target practice article about defensive lineman. He's the number five overall prospect in the state of Mississippi. So right now you're looking at potentially getting three of the top five. They're still going to recruit Dante Dowdle, who's the number four prospect. He's committed to Oregon running back out of picking in. They're going to continue to recruit him until the very end. The one people, you know, are asking questions about, I've answered them on the message board, Isaac Smith, the safety out of Itawamba in Fulton, Mississippi. Things shifted in a big way when DJ Durkin moved on and went to Texas A&M. He was really tight with Durkin. But I wouldn't be shocked if he were to venture outside of the SEC. I know Notre Dame is recruiting him really, really hard. Um, but then he's also got notable offers from Georgia, from A&M, Tennessee, Florida, Michigan State, Michigan. Um, Michigan uh, had, some, had some success last class recruiting uh, in the Southeast, especially at the safety position. Um, Cody Jones out of Germantown, Tennessee, they signed him. So I, I would think that A&M or Notre Dame right now for him, um, but yeah, Ole Miss is, is not really in the mix there. Um, just because of the relationship he had with Durkin, I think things were pointing towards Ole Miss. And then as soon as he left for the A&M gig, things kind of fizzled out there, but that's probably it out of the state of Mississippi. Honestly, um, there's some other guys farther down the list that they're keeping tabs on, probably want to evaluate them their senior season. Somebody like Zay Alexander, the big offensive tackle from Tupelo, they're probably going to keep an eye out on him, see how his senior season goes. He's been to Oxford numerous times. But, yeah, out of the state of Mississippi, I think Perkins, who's committed already, and then Aiden Williams, Dante Dowdle, and Jamarius Brown are the names to know. Um, but, yeah, check out the series that I've got going on at Ohm Spirit Target Practice, especially the defensive line one. A lot of out-of-state guys on that list, and there are a couple that I think Ole Miss is in a really good spot for right now. Um, most notably, Neil Avery, the uh, athlete out of Glen Burnie, Maryland, plays at Good Council, really good high school program there. He's an athlete. They're recruiting him as an edge guy, stand-up outside linebacker, probably could put his hand in the dirt if he needed to, third down, get after the quarterback, but an explosive athlete that, um, I mean, 6'4 225, played some quarterback last year. I don't know if he's going to play quarterback again this year, but that just shows how good of an athlete he is. And then uh, a couple other guys, Donna J. Green, who's committed to Louisville. He's been to Oxford several times. They're working on flipping him. And then a couple other names. So check it out over at omspirit.com, part of on3.com. But um, that's going to do it for Not Committed, our Tuesday show. Thursday, um, we will have a show. I'm trying to decide when it will happen. Could be around this time Tuesday. I will be traveling that afternoon, evening. So 
we will get you a show standby on the time. It may not be your normal morning show. It may not be rolling out to you like we normally have it, but we will have a Thursday show coming to you. So, um, but that's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of Not Committed. Again, stay locked in at omspirit.com. Stay locked in on the message board. Lots of good information there in the daily threads. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it. So um, as we were recording, Kevin Graham was selected by the Diamondbacks. So he is off the board now. I expect him to sign. There was a, a thread on the message board about what they would do. Uh, they is in him and Justin Bench. Um, if they were not drafted, Kevin Graham has been drafted. I do still expect Justin Bench to hear his name at some point. But uh, Kevin Graham is off the board in the 14th round to the Diamondbacks. But we'll be back on Thursday. Like, subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff. Thank you to you, the listener. Thank you to the sponsors that make the show possible. And, of course, thanks to Grayson for joining. Mm-hmm. Grayson, we'll do it again on Thursday, buddy. It's always a pleasure. All right. Till next time, we out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.